The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. Howdy, Joe DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 295. Uh, I'm going to dedicate it to someone who actually gave us a review, but we actually got a couple of reviews come through and only one of them is someone related to us. So there you go. Um, this one's from Proudfoot3. The title of it is Mantle and the comment is five stars, of course, because we're the best. And the comment is multiple regional championships on his dot, dot, dot. So it's a it's a, a comment only for the hardcores out there. So the hardcores out there know exactly what Proudfoot3 is talking about. Thank you, Proudfoot. If you're in the Sports Gambling Podcast Discord, please reveal yourself. Um, thank you, everyone else, for coming to the show. Give us a review if you haven't already. We deserve it, obviously. Um, I'm one of the hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox, and boy, do we have an episode for you today. The UFC is dishing up a treat for us this week from the UFC Apex, an amazing 11-fight card uh, set up, um, which I'm going to struggle to have takes on. As my co-host said um, <laughs> before we went to air, I bet you're not going to have many takes on this one, and it's true, other than... Who are these people? That's pretty. That's my take on most of it. But I'll have winning picks for you, nonetheless. Uh, let's bring in a man who knows every person on this card, uh, inside and out. It's one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I do, although I did have to go back and remind myself about uh, one guy. Because one of these guys, I think he's been signed to the UFC for 100 years and is yet to debut. So that was a little bit tricky for me. This card. I, I did the article for our site, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and oh boy, it really sunk in that. I'm like, I have to pick someone to win. <laughs> these, these two crap fight mediocre fighters. Sorry, fighters, if you're listening, but yeah, there's a lot of what? No. One of these people can't win. No. I, I think there was only one time where I had a fight where I was like, one of these guys is gonna win today. Uh yeah. and and that's wild. There there's only one of those for me. So and none of them on the prelims. And it's great. It's all it's we have a whole string of light heavyweight, heavyweight, light heavyweight matches that are all like garbage. I'm like, oh, boy, this is great. Fantastic. I don't know. I don't know. Are they are they garbage or are mm. they I, I think here's here's my take on UFC 69, which, by the way, uh, shame on you yet again for not making a 69 joke. Yeah, That's, I know. Someone gave us someone gave us a uh, review. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess we got to give preference to, to the people who uh, who do that. But. With that being said, I think this is a card that I would say has a purpose uh, in that it like every single fight is like trying to get somebody either started off on the right foot or get their course corrected or or, or yeah, or trying. to. <laughs> no, I, I don't think you're wrong, though. I, I think like trying to weed out the people who like, OK, this guy can stick around and just be viable for us for a little while. And this guy is like eating a bunch of our payroll. Like, I, I think this card does a good job top to bottom of being like, all right, where is this going? And helping us answer that question. So we're going to we're going to fire a bunch of people on Sunday, aren't we? When we do our review. 
I can't imagine more than two or three. Yeah, I guess it depends the outcome of a couple of these fights. The, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. four. I, I'm seeing a fourth now. now never mind. <laughs> I, I, could, I could fire a fourth. There's at least four loser leaves town matches, so we, we shall see. We may as well dive in. This is just the prelims. We're going to break this over. We're going to spread out this agony over two episodes. So this one, we got six prelim fights to break down for you um, for this Saturday's event. And then tomorrow, main card, as per usual. That's what Thursdays are for. And then props, parlays. What else do we do? Um, props, Hunger, parlays. Hunger locks, Man Jong. Hunger, Hunger Man Jong. All that fun stuff. So that'll be tomorrow. All right, before we dive in today's, I have to tell you about where you can make picks or actually you can put real live money on these props and dogs and parlays and whatnot. It would be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, aka WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. They have great promos, odds, and payouts, and they're happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody you know as a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And this, of course, Parlay made me think of something. Parlays and props made me think of our contest, Dan. Do you have updates on our contest and let people know where they can get in? Yeah, so we are four weeks into our 10-week first quarter UFC props contest. All you got to do is click the link that shows up in our Twitter or in our Discord. So make sure you're following us at SGPNMMA or in that Discord that Jeff mentioned before. You put a plus 200 or better prop in there. And if you hit it, uh, you have a chance to win all kinds of cool merch and uh, stuff from the SGPN merch store. So make sure you get in there. Last week, I have an update. I finally went through uh, the all of the dozens of prop bets that got sent in last week. Zero of them hit. That's oh. Right. Yeah, zero of them hit. So right now, as it stands, uh, Dredney has two of those props hit in the four weeks. Uh, and then we have one, two, three, four other people with a single prop. Me. The, you I'm you one. being you being one of them uh you actually have the smallest of the props well, of keep it, <laughs> come on keep that in the down low please <laughs> and uh the the current biggest prop to beat which there is a uh a gift card for the biggest prop is plus 650 so you better come with some heat yes you better come with some heat so that's fine and then our other contest on verdict um I'm doing horrible in that. I just looked it up. I'm 88th in that one. You want to tell us, <laughs> tell the people about that too? Yeah, we have an official verdict group. We're one of the uh, few podcasts that have their own official group. So make sure you hop in there. We got about 90 people each and every week logging picks. So make sure you uh, come compete with me and Jeff. Yes. Uh, I'm not really competing much this year somehow, but uh, <laughs> I'm in there at the very least. So, all right, maybe this is the week because we have a, a killer event. It is now called UC Fight Night Andrade versus Blanchfield. It used to be Santos versus Blanchfield. Uh, Talia Santos back out because um, I think what I read originally was some of her corner people couldn't get visas. Is that what you heard too? I actually hadn't heard anything about why she I wasn't in there. That. Uh, that, I mean, like that that feels like it would be true. Uh, I, I feel like I, I could go with that. <laughs> it says personal reasons, but let me see. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, MMA fighting, a legit site, said that uh, she chose not to come because two of her coaches could not get visas to your wonderful country you have down there, Mr. Gumby. 
That's a uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody just like have a corner back out and then be like, yeah, no, I'm out too. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. with such like a big opera. Like headline. this felt, yeah, this felt like her chance to both headline and if she won, possibly get that rematch back that a lot of people thought she should add in the first place. Yep. Yeah. W- wild to to see her back out of that then. Yeah. But we may get a better. Well, but. Aaron Blanchfield definitely gets a bigger test, that's for sure. She gets former champ Jessica Andrade in the main event, but we're not talking about that on this episode. No, no, no. We have to dive into the prelims because we are nerds, MMA nerds, and there's money to be had in the prelims. So we usually do better, actually, in the prelims. So this is the episode y'all need to listen to. So this is going down this event, February 18th, UFC Apex again. Um, I guess they got tired of having a raucous crowd uh, like they had in, in Australia, so they'd rather go back to the Apex and... Uh, uh, be nice and quiet again. So um, 4 p.m. Eastern time is the prelims on ESPN+. Plus. We're starting with Flyweights Clayton Carpenter versus Juan Samelo Honderos, because he's Brazilian. Um, Honderos, nickname 100. That's how many? Uh, never mind. There's so many, good, <laughs> so many good drug jokes. We'll just leave it. Uh, was after the fight he got popped for cocaine? Is that correct? Yeah, that was right I afterwards. Yeah. yeah, so he... Right after, he okay. Yeah, you got a chance to fight, and then uh, then then he popped. Yes. So he's uh, he's doing the John Jones style of training, apparently. So, yeah, he was suspended for a bit for that. Uh, he was a regional champ before all this. He's not won a fight since December of 2019 because he's not been very active fighting. Um, in his UFC fight, he did outstrike his opponent. Uh, his strike differential was plus 0.87 strikes per minute. So he hit 0.87 more strikes per minute than his opponent. I can't remember who he fought off the top of my head now either. Do you remember? Um, he fought somebody on short notice. Yeah. Um, that's usually how people debut, it seems, these days. Oh, David Vorick. Right. That's that's correct. He did fight him. All right. Um, plus 230, if you want Honderos. Uh, Clay Concrete Carpenter, but um, who wasn't in our Discord that liked the other nickname? Um, Clay the Guida Carpenter. Someone yeah. posted that. <laughs> Is that a legit nickname or it's not a legit nickname, but somebody I think it I think it was circulating around Twitter that people were liking that one. It, it's a good one. It is a good one. So um regardless of what you call him, uh you can also you have to call him uh undefeated. PSC is six and oh, two knockouts, two submissions. This is his UFC debut. He went one no on the contender series, two inches taller than Honderos, three inches of reach, a year younger, based off of both one fight for each person. He's got better striking stats and he's more active landing strikes He outs- and better grappling stats too. Throw that in. He outstruck his opponent on the contender series by 1.87 strikes per minute. He's at minus 295. So we'll start off with Gumby for this exciting flyweight battle. So th- this is an exciting one because as I said, there, there seems to be a purpose for every single fight. And this purpose is just to showcase how cool Clayton Carpenter is and what a threat he is at flyweight. Cause uh, I think me and John were actually talking in the discord before he even got his contender series fight about like, he, he was rumored to be on contender series and it was really exciting. Cause he's one of those guys from the MMA lab who comes with like really incredible knockout power, both with, his kicks, like he, he's got multiple head kick knockouts um, and his hands, but he also like sneakily is like very good at submissions. It, it kind of is like, you know, last week we got all excited at LFA over that on Ho who picked up a uh, submission win after, you know, winning back to back fights by knockout. Um, they're, they're training partners and, and they've got like a similar style. Very, very fun on the feet, both creative, but not in a way that's like extra risky. Um, and, and then on top of that, just like good submission skills, should he need to go to them. 
And the beauty of this is he doesn't need to go to them because uh, Juan Camilo Ronderos is probably, I don't want to say one of the worst guys the UFC has ever signed, but it kind of feels <laughs> like one of the worst guys the UFC has ever signed. He had four um, fights before this, too. Yeah, and like if you look at the level of competition in those four fights, too, it's not like he was out there it, like beating like some of the best dudes in the world and like out here proving like he fought for WXC warrior Wednesday. Um, I mean, he, he did beat Eric Shelton, I guess, which is probably the one that got him in, but like, man, Eric, Eric Shelton hadn't looked good in a really long time. He's, he's coming off of a loss on fury FC. He, I think he's won one time in like the, the last, I don't know how long. Um, so like, yeah, I guess he beat Eric Shelton, but like, but for the most part, he was fighting guys who were like one and zero and stuff like that and three and four. Um, and, and he's got, I guess, some submission skills, but as it, it showed like levels to it with David Dvorak, like David Dvorak just took him down and submitted him really easily. And that's maybe what Juan Camillo Ronderos is best at. So, you know, I, I think, uh, most likely what's going to happen here is Carpenter is just going to keep his feet and he's just going to blast him with head kicks. All right. We are um, both picking the same guy. I'm not as in-depth with my pick as Dan. I'm just, uh, I'll take a better fighter who's bigger and younger. There you go. And we're both going to end up with the correct pick. So, sound good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't need to get long to get good with no, bets. Don't. They, they don't know. ask. When you when you put your slip in at win bet, they don't ask you <laughs> nope. to reason with them. <laughs> bigger, younger, better resume, better nickname. You know, everything is in his corner. All right, uh, let's move on. Shall we? Welterweights, AJ Fletcher versus... Themba Gorimbo. Um, Gorimbo. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think it's Gorimbo, but Gorimbo. Yes. Uh, where's he from? He's from Zimbabwe. I believe okay. he's the first uh, fighter from Zimbabwe in the UFC. You didn't want to say Zimbabwe in? You, you changed I, it to that, first fighter from Zimbabwe? Is is that I, I I'm, I'm gonna guess it's Zimbabwe and maybe it's not. <laughs> I I wasn't sure it was a Zimbabwean. Um, it's that sounds wrong. It does, but you know I wouldn't say something that's wrong. Anyhow, um, let's move on. He is the answer. Gorimbo, whether my answer is correct or not, he is the answer. He's ten and three, one knockout, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. UFC debut is on Saturday. On this stellar card, he's won four of his last five, including his last fight. He was a regional champ. He's fight at lightweight. This one is at welterweight. 2013, he has been bouncing around in pro MMA since. Two inches taller than Fletcher. Nine inches of reach from the stats I saw. That's that's pretty wild. That's usually catnip for me. So plus plus two <laughs> 220. But he's fighting a ghost, ladies and gentlemen. AJ, the ghost, Fletcher. And he's not one of those Casper-friendly ghosts either. Uh, he's nine and two. Four knockouts, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. The two L's on his record both have come in over his last two fights, which were both in the UFC. Some stiff competition, though. Uh, 1-0 on the Contender Series. Used to fight at lightweight as well. Six years younger than Garimbo, minus 275. Don't know much about Garimbo, um, but I will take A.J. Fletcher. Um, just looking at the resumes, um, Fletcher's obviously fought a much higher level of competition. And he's a very good wrestler slash grappler type of dude. So I, I think he's going to beat Gorimbo um, or maybe even land a fly knee like he did on the uh, contender series. So give me the chalk here. If in doubt, I go chalk. So AJ Fletcher's the pick. I, I'm going to go with Gorimbo here. Uh, yeah, that's I, totally your style. Well, and, and here's the thing is that like we just saw what happens when AJ Fletcher fights somebody who strikes well from a distance and is way longer than him, right? Like he's coming off that fight with Angelusa and Angelusa can wrestle a little bit, but the mo most important thing about Angelusa is Angelusa 
had a, uh, uh, you know, like a massive reach advantage on him, right? He had like a 74 inch reach. And the thing about AJ Fletcher, AJ Fletcher has a com- has comically short arms. Um, he's five foot ten, and he's got a 67 inch reach, which means his his reach is five foot ten or five foot seven on a five foot ten body. So like he has very short arms. Um, and and then he fought a guy who had a 74 inch reach in, in Angelusa and he went 0 of 4 on his takedown attempts and largely just went 0 of 4 because he just like couldn't get close to, uh, Lusa's legs. And now he's going to be fighting Gorimbo who has another two and a half inches of reach than Angelusa. And I would also say this, then Gorimbo can wrestle a little bit himself. Like in a lot of his fights that I've seen, when it comes to the wrestling, he's been the aggressor. I don't think he's going to take Angelusa down, but the fact that he likes to wrestle and chooses to in enough situations gives me hope that if like Fletcher does finally get in on the legs, like I, I think he might fail. And the other thing I will say too, is that like, you know, Fletcher sometimes forgets that like, that's the thing he does best. Like if you go back to his fight when he was fighting, um, uh, Semmelsberger, Matthew Semmelsberger, if he had just chosen to wrestle all the time, he had like a slight advantage over Semmelsberger in that way and might have possibly stolen two out of three rounds, but he just like didn't except for one round try to wrestle Semmelsberger. So I don't like the fight IQ of AJ Fletcher and I don't like how he gets takedowns against guys who are way taller than him and way longer than him. And I think that's a problem he's going to have here. All right. I believe you. I believe you when I, when I see it though. So, um, we are there. We go. We usually differ, differ on at least one fight. So there's the first. Let's see how we do on the next fight. Uh, lightweight Nazim Sadikov versus Evan Elder. I will tell you about Elder first. He is the phenom. He is seven and one, four knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. Oh, one in the UFC. Used to fight out welterweight. Three inches of reach on Sadikov. Three inches. Sorry, three years younger. He got outstruck in his UFC fight by 3.2 strikes per minute. Uh, not a good recipe for uh, success there. Plus 155. The Black Wolf, Sadikov. 7-1, five knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted one time. One time. This is his UFC debut. He went 1-0 on the Contender Series, uh, which was part of a four straight uh, four straight fights where he's finished his opponent. He's also won seven straight, so he lost his debut November 2018, pro debut, and he's not lost since. Uh, based off of one fight for each man, his striking stats are better than Elder. His grappling stats are better than Elder. And he was two and a half times more active landing strikes than Elder was. He outstruck his contender series a opponent by 1.83 strikes per minute. And he is at minus 185. You... So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sadikov here. I, I will I'm gonna hedge a little bit here because what we saw from Sadikov in his contender series fight is he he looked pretty damn good on the feet. In fact, he hurt. Uh, Hassan Zada, who we talked about on Monday, by the way, uh, on the, he's going to be fighting on LFA on Friday. Um, he hurt Hassan Zada like six seconds into the fight, if that, and Hassan Zada just never looked like himself after that, but Hassan Zada was still able to wrestle him once in a while and had some success there. And that worries me a little bit because if you go back and you look at elders fights with the exception of the one against Preston Parsons in his debut, he does have some success in the wrestling. And I think if he chose to go there early against Sadikov, he might have enough success where he could like steal two rounds here. But I think on the feet, Sadikov is just going to be so much better. I think elder is just going to not choose to do it early or often enough. 
And I think we're going to see Sadikov like find his rhythm and like hurt him on the feet. As you said, he's a, tr- he's a, he's a really good finisher. So I yeah. think Sadikov here is probably got the advantage in that way. And uh, enough for me to like him here, but I will say like e- even at negative 185, which is not an atrocious number. I, I, I am a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger on a guy who looked like he had maybe some suspect defense in wrestling against a guy who was already hurt. I'll take him anyhow. Uh, I'm taking him too. Um, this is, uh, I, I just obviously resume. I'm big at resumes. If I'm, if I'm uh, not sure of who to pick his resumes better. And like you said, he's a finisher. He's a killer, Dan. He's a, um, what else do they call him? Savage. He's a savage. So yeah. And, and that, that is worth noting too, because like, like I said, I've seen Evan Elder use his wrestling, but like, yeah. you're right. He's, Despite fighting for some decent promotions, like he, he fought for LFA once and FAC and he fought a whole bunch for Shamrock, which usually puts together some pretty decent fights. Like he's fought some really terrible competition. Yeah. Um, like his last fight before going to uh, filling in against Preston Parsons, he he fought a guy who was six or uh, nine and 16, uh, which is. <laughs> yeah. That's so a can like, for you. Yeah. And, and it took him three rounds to finish him. So, yeah, you're, you're right. The the that should be the extra push in the right direction for Sadikov. Yeah. Um, but if his name was Alvin Elderov, uh, we may pause and think about taking him. Right. So yeah. Sadikov's I, got the Ov too going for. I, I will tell you uh, the usual feeling about having an OV at the end of your <laughs> name and having to pick them, which is uh, Munaf Manji's uh, brilliant <laughs> MMA uh, strategy. I will say he is not your classic OV person. Like he's not a big takedown guy. He has got flashy striking, spinning heel kicks, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't expect to get the same out of that. Yeah. It's still, oh, it could be a winning recipe. So we actually, uh, that's another, I like to track stats. That should be tracking the offs. See how often the offs <laughs> come through, uh, when they're fighting a non-off. So anyhow, um, all right. What should we move on to now? Oh, one of our fabulous light heavyweight battles that we have on this card. Ovin St. Pru. I don't know why he's not on the main card, but Ovin St. Pru versus <laughs> Felipe Lins. Like, seriously, he's at least got a bit of a name here uh, compared to <laughs> just wait till we do the uh, main card tomorrow, people. You, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, um, OSP versus Philippe Lins. OSP is the nickname for Ovin St. Pru. Very, very catchy nickname. He's 26 and 16. 12 knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted three times. 14 and 11 in the UFC. He's gone one and two over his last three, but he did win his last fight. He's been recently bouncing between heavyweight and light heavyweight. This one is at light heavyweight. Um, he's, he's been a pro MMA fighter since 2008. He's at an inch of height, two inches of reach on Lins. He's been outstruck over his UFC career barely. It's uh, still negative, negative 0.37 strikes per minute. He's at plus 180. Philippe. A monstro Lins, 15 and 5, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times. One and two in the UFC. He also won his last fight. Used to fight at heavyweight as well. 4 and 0 in PFL and was the champion there. He went three and three in Bellator. 2005, he's been fighting professionally since in MMA. Two years younger than St. Peru, more active landing strikes. He also has been outstruck in the UFC by 0.85 strikes per minute, minus 220. Uh, I'm going fast and loose with the dogs. I said this year, so uh, let me take a dog. I'm taking Ovin St. Peru. This is, you know, one of these fights. Like, I have to pick one of these guys to win, do I? Uh, at least he's beaten some people of name in the UFC. Felipe Lins has been a bit of a disappointment since he's come over to the promotion. Um, he's And he likes to grapple a bit. If he gets uh, gets St. Peru to the ground, look out. Because uh, the St. Peru choke could be coming next. So, give me OSP. But like I said, it's 
light heavyweight, and it's a couple of guys who could very easily be seen the door very soon if they if they lose this fight. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Linz here. I, I uh, I'm with you in usually when there's a light heavyweight contest between two guys who are pretty old and both have disappointed. Uh, you, you know, looking for the dog here. But the thing about Linz is Linz has not been a light heavyweight for very long. He's right. actually only been a light heavyweight for one fight in in. He, he's only had that one fight over the last two plus years, right? Like mo- moving in on three years. And uh, he looked phenomenal at light heavyweight. Like he beat the hell out of Marcin Procneo. He took him down. He was getting the better of most of the striking exchanges. Um, You know, he was the one landing hard on Procneo. You know, he, I, I think he had like six minutes of control time in that fight. Like, it, he looked really good coming down in weight in, and I don't just mean that in the cage too. He also looked good physically me being a guy who was like, Oh, like there's no way that big fat guy is making it back down to two Oh five. And he Damn. did. I, I mean like he at heavyweight, he was a big fat guy. Um, <gasps> and, and now that he is down at like heavyweight, he's not that anymore. And I thought he looked really good Um, in, in doing so against Procneo, a guy who swings big, which is kind of what OSP does, right? Like OSP swings big and and looks for, you know, huge shots. And, and Felipe Lin's never given up a takedown in the UFC. So that's worth noting. Now, granted, not up against a ton of guys who like to grapple anyway, but like hasn't ever given up a takedown in the UFC. So I, I don't see OSP going for the takedown. And I, I don't see Lin's giving one up. And I also think he's just going to have an infinitely better gas tank. You're not going to get well. First of all, I apologize for all the big fat guys that are listening in right now because Dan <laughs> is shaming you, Mister. He just went for a run today, so I guess he's feeling good about himself or something. But uh, <laughs> are, are you still down all that weight from not snacking your I, your I, recipe? I lost 23 pounds since wow. January first. That's great. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, you yeah, didn't thanks. even need to lose 23 pounds, so that's the thing. Yeah, back down to light heavyweight. Wow, fantastic. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll ignore the body shamer for now. You're not going to get much argument from me for any of these fights. So, but by all means, take the other side. I really, um, a lot of these are, are coin flips in my mind. Um, but for a guy who knows about every fighter and every fight, is this is it just like, do you have strong opinions about these fights as well or not? <laughs> I mean, I I had a pretty strong opinion. Like Cl- Clayton Carpenter, I think is wildly right. undervalued right now. Uh, that yeah. Sadikov fight, you know, I kind of hedged and said I I don't have really strong feelings about it. This one, you know, like I said, you know, Linz looked really good in his only light heavyweight fight, which gives me a little bit of confidence. But again, how much confidence can you have in a guy who spent his whole career at heavyweight, uh, has largely been a disappointment in the UFC, and then just like had a good fight down a weight class? So like, I'm picking him here. I I think he's better than OSP. But like, if he came out here and threw like one of the worst performances out there and got knocked out in six seconds by OSP, would I be shocked? Nah, not terribly. So yeah. Um, yeah, like there are some fights I have strong feelings about. This is not, these, these have not been very many of them. (laughs) Yes. OSP is one of those guys too, that tend to like all of a sudden surprise you. So I figure he, he's worth a, a roll of, of the dice here. I think he's probably screwed us in the past. That's why I have that feeling, uh, about him perhaps. All right. Um, co-main event of the prelims. We'll call this one featherweights, Jamal Emers versus Hussein Askabov. First of all, who is Habab, and what are we asking him? Ah, <laughs> uh, hey, I, I, see what I, you... I assume you don't pronounce the K either, right? It's Hussein. Ashka, I, I, uh, yes, I believe it's I believe it's Hussein. Okay, all right. Jamal Amherst, we talked about first. He is pretty boy. All one word. 
His nickname is Pretty Boy, all one word, which is interesting. Uh, the editor in me is having trouble with that, but anyhow, we'll, we'll let it slide. He's 18 to six, seven knockouts, three submissions, been knocked out twice, submitted twice, one and two in the UFC. He's on loss, win, loss. So he's due for a win, right? Uh, he lost his last fight via submission. That was back August of 2021. He's not won since August of 2020. So he's due. Oh, uh, one in the contender series, multiple regional championships on his mantle. There you go. The guy who, uh, guy or gal who gave us that. Um, it's a guy. Who am I kidding? The guy who gave us that review is uh, enjoying that. Um, 2012 Pro May debut, two inches taller than Askabov, plus 110. Askabov, 23 and 0, six knockouts, 10 submissions. This is his UFC debut. He's won four straight fights via finish. However, he's not fought since March of 2020. Used to fight at Bantamweight, 2012 debut as well. Don't have reach info for him. I do know he is six years younger than Emmers. He's at minus 130. Tell us what you can about Askabov and make a pick here. You know, I, I went back and I watched some of his fights, and, and it, he he has, has failed to make his debut multiple times. Actually, he was supposed to be yeah. on Contender Series against uh, Joe Anderson Brito. Um, and then they just signed him anyway, and he was supposed to fight Herbert Burns and didn't make that fight either. So I had to go back and watch some of his fights in WWFC. Um, and from what I can tell, he's a guy who really does like his submissions. Um but I'll be honest, I'm not terribly impressed by his ability to wrestle. Uh, I, in all of the fights that I've seen, like he kind of gets in on a single leg, but he's way more interested in like switching stances seven times before he does so and throwing strikes. And, you know, from, from my perspective, I, I think we've kind of underestimated Jamal Emmers. Um, and, and like, if you look at his UFC career and you look back you're like oh he's you know one and two and he's only beat Vince Cachero and that doesn't seem like it's very much but like this is a guy who a judge's scorecard said beat Gigi Chikadze um and and it was a defensible card like I I I picked Gigi Chikadze to win that that fight but it was a defensible scorecard because he clearly won round three and was competitive in round two and you know in the Pat Sabatini fight he got Pat Sabatini down but like you know, then got heel hooked. Pat Sabatini's a beast on the mats. I, I just think we've underestimated Jamal Emmers. I, I also think, you know, like the, the line is where it is. And, and what did you say we're getting Jamal Emmers at? Plus 110. Plus 110. I think the line is where it's at because at the end of the day, like Jamal Emmers is, is coming off that leg injury, right? Like the leg injury in the Pat Sabatini fight. And people don't really know what to think of it because I think if, just he's healthy and he has a fight with Pat Zavatini that he just loses and taps out in that close fight with Giga Chikadze. I think he's a favorite over a guy like Askabov here because he's been gone for so long in, like I said, in a not so great fight promotion. I didn't think he looked all that hot. I don't quite know why the UFC has been so intent on making sure he stays in the UFC contract. Maybe it's the, what is he? 23 and 0 record. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm going to go with Emers here. I, I think the slight upset here in, in just undervaluing what Emers has done in the UFC. His last name is Ov for one thing. It ends in Ov. Um, but Gumby said, what are we getting Emers for? And he is correct. We are taking Emers at plus 110 for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you on the, on the resume. He's got a superior resume. Um, he fought to some. He fought and uh, was competitive with some killers in the UFC. And uh, I don't know what to think about Askabov. Plus, the inactivity is a thing. That, let's check the stats. Fighters have been out at least a year. He's been out what three almost now. Forty-five um, percent win percentage. So uh, he's been out a long time, and he's making his debut here. So let's uh, let's get some dog money, Gumby, together. 
Yeah, and and I would also add too that like because again I don't think Oskabov's uh you know I I don't think he particularly has as good of wrestling as you might think he does. I, I also think he's going to have a huge reach at disadvantage here because again Jamal Emmers is a guy who's five foot ten but has a six foot two reach, yeah. and I know we don't have reach information on Oskabov, but he is only five eight, and he, he's fought down at bantamweight, so I'm gonna imagine he's got kind of a smaller reach anyway. So I, yeah. I kind of like Emmers for that reason too. There you go. You talk in my language reach, even though it, the stats don't really um, back me up on that, but nonetheless, it, it's another thing in Emmers, uh, Emmers corner, at least. All right. Made a man, Dan of the prelims women's band and weight, Lena Landsberg versus Myra Bueno Silva. Um, we will tell you about Lena Landsberg first. She is the elbow queen. She's 10 and seven with four knockouts. Um, she's been knocked out herself three times. She's four and six in the UFC. She was four and three, but now she's lost three straight fights. She's not won a fight since September of 2019. She used to fight up at featherweight, like that's a weight class. Uh, used to be a regional champion. She probably still has that belt, so maybe she still is regional champ. 2012, pro MMA debut, multiple world champion kickboxer, um, a shoot fight champion as well. She's an inch taller than Bueno Silva. She's been outstruck in the UFC by minus 1.16 strikes per minute, plus 360. Bueno Silva, Shitara is a nickname, 9-2-1, and one, one knockout, six submissions, never been finished in a fight, 4-2-1 in the UFC. She's got one, two straight, last one via submission. Used to fight at flyweight, 1-0 contender series, regional champion, inch reach on Landsberg, nine years younger, uh, 1.6 times more active landing strikes than Landsberg's been. She's been outstruck by her opponents, though, by 0.78 strikes per minute. Minus 485. I will take the big, big chalk in Myra Buena Silva. Um, yeah, Landsberg um, on her way out the door, if you ask me. Um, Silva, obviously, way better grappler um, and uh, way younger. So give me submission specialist Myra Buena Silva. Yeah, I'm going to take Myra Buena Silva, too. Here's the short caveat I have here, because... First of all, I think Margaret Buena Silva has looked really good since coming up to Bantamweight, um, which is why this is like a fight that kind of like answers a question. She fought uh, Yanam Wu and Stephanie Egger uh, when coming up to Bantamweight. And like, I, I don't know how tough of opponents those two are. So now they're giving her somebody who was like legitimately in the rankings for a while as like a question of like, can Myra Buena Silva hang with the actual top 15 of the UFC's Bantamweight division? And it answers that question. Lena Landsberg is, did not look good in her last fight. Uh, and in fact, she looked pretty terrible. But I am going to caveat this with saying I'm also not rushing to just throw Myra Buena Silva in every single parlay I have because she's looked bad in two back-to-back fights against Pani Kianzad and, and Carol Rosa. And those are the only two fights she's had since leaving and having her first child. Uh, she, she was, you know, two in, coming off of a two-in-one stretch where she lost to Sarah McMahon. Um, had her child and looked bad in her first two fights back. We've kind of seen with a few women, and I, I hate to like be tracking this as the thing, but we've seen with a few women who went off with maternity leave come back and not look themselves in the first fight or two. You know, like Mackenzie Dern sticks out. Like she had a really rough first fight back. Um, Nina Nina Nunez did not look good in her first fight back. But then we saw them as they get more into training, as they've spent more time back in their training camps and stuff like that, they look more like themselves. And I don't know that I would pick Lena Landsberg looking like her old self anyway, 
But I would say that if she was there and she was betting off at plus 380, I, I would be super, super enthusiastic about like taking a stab on her. I'm going to take my Rebuena Silva because I don't think we can just like count on that rebound. Um, but also like, I, again, I think my Rebuena Silva is like a nightmare if you think she just like belongs at every single one of your parlays. Yeah. I'm not going to throw her in a parlay uh, at all, but yeah, we're both going with, with her. All right. Let's recap our, the amazing prelim picks we got here. We are both on Buena Silva. We are both on Emmers as an underdog. Uh, I'm on OSB as an underdog. Dan is on Linz. We are both on Sadikov. I'm on Fletcher. Dan's on underdog Gorimbo. And we are both on Carpenter. Right? That sounds right to me. All right. Exciting episode in the books. Thanks for listening. Make sure you get in our Discord. If you like, have some fun with us. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord is how you can get in there and sign up. Twitter, SGPN MMA. Uh, Gumby runs that. He also is at Gumby Vreeland, and I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. SportsGamblingPodcast.com is the place to be for all our writing and our giveaways and our discounts at Sportsbooks and our podcasts and all the amazing things in our in our world so make sure you hit that up you can listen to gumby's top turtle mma podcast which will i haven't seen it in my feed yet gumby as it dropped yet it, it came out last, last night man oh well i got to find out why it hasn't shown up here yet but it is out so make sure everybody listens to that as well um and enter my pick em contest at the very least uh, you can subscribe and enter the pick em contest for free at moneymma.substack.com we shall return tomorrow main card time an exciting main card um, until tomorrow, I will be Shitara Jeff Fox and my my co-host here, Daniel Monstro Vreeland, will be back as well. Bye-bye.